What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty Ben here to introduce this late episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. Matt and I ripped it live from the Unchained offices with our good friend Arbed Out. It was a great time. Shout out to the Unchained team for letting us do this. They're building something special. Not only in Unchained, down here in Austin, the vibes are high at the beefsteak last night. That's why we're getting out at uh, close to 3 p.m. on a Saturday, Central Time. I liked Central Time. Like where we are in Austin, Texas, it gets, it gets darker later here, which I like. I like the sun being up. It's a bit darker in the morning. That'll change next week. We dropped the ball this year, freaks. It's on Uncle Marty. I dropped the ball. However, we need to bring back the Save the Sun campaign next year. This is imperative. We just need to. It's, it's idiotic. It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. We need to save the sun. We're not setting the clocks back anymore in 2022. We're going to go forward in March of next year or April, whenever the hell it happens. And then we're never changing it again. We're starting the 2022 campaign right now. 2021 was a crazy year. Obviously, we fell behind the ball. So 2022, save the sun. Start campaigning now. This rip is brought to you by good friends at the motherfucking Jack Dorsey, hyperinflation's coming. I think he listened to the Larry Laporte episode, liked it. He's the CEO of Square. Which owns Cash App. Cash App can help you stack sats very easily. You can get into sats very easily with Cash App. I, I, I can't stress this, how easy it is. Just make sure you're withdrawing, taking their limits into consideration. You can DCA into sats, you can set and forget it. You can set buy limits, you can set... If you think you're going to be able to catch a little dip, you can set that buy limit. For some reason, you want to buy at a higher price, you can set that too, I believe. Or actually, that doesn't make any sense. But Cash App makes it easy. Cash App can be your bank account. You can do it all. It's got its boost card. I used it today at Whole Foods. No Whole Foods boost today, though. A little bummed when I saw that at checkout, but whatever. It still works. Use the code stacking stats. If you haven't downloaded the app already, you're going to get $10. $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. Owls Lacrosse. It's Owls Lacrosse. This was also brought to you by good friends, again, at Unchained Capital. This is where this podcast was hosted. They threw an incredible live show. And then on top of that, they threw an incredible bit. That was, God, the vibes down here are so strong. There was a lot of power at that meetup to preserve privacy. You're not allowed to talk about what happened at the meetup. You got to show up. Next time you're in Austin during a bit devs meetup, you got to make sure you get on the list and you get there. Unchained Capital. They're helping you eliminate single points of failure in your life, in your Bitcoin life with their custod- excuse me, collaborative custody model. Collaborative, collaborative custody that is personified in their Vault product. They have a white glove concierge service that's going to take you from zero to having a multi-sig vault set up, which you hold two keys, Unchained holds one. You can always move your UTXOs in and out of the multi-sig wallet at your own pace, at your own volition. You don't need anybody else there to hold your hand. But if you do need someone there to be the second in the two or three multi-sig uh, transaction, Unchained does have a key and they can be there for you. They have a white glove concierge service again. It's going to take you from zero to getting this vault set up with a thousand cuck bucks of sats dumped into it. 
Uh, they're going to get you hardware wallets. They're going to have multiple video conference calls with you to get you comfortable with multi-sig, to get you comfortable with their Vault product, to get you comfortable with creating private public key pairs, to get you comfortable with the concept of derivation paths. They're there to hold your hand. Go check it out at Unchained.com. Eliminate single points of failure in your security model. Okay? Third-party custodians. Exchanges where they just hold the Bitcoin on behalf of you. You don't even own Bitcoin. You own a claim to Bitcoin. You own a claim to Bitcoin. Do you really want to own Bitcoin? Or do you want to own a claim? Claims are for lames. Claims are for lames. Unchained helps you make sure that you're not a lame with their collaborative custody model. Eliminate that single point of failure. Go to Unchained.com. Check it out. This trip was also brought to you by our good friends at Compass Mining. Compass Mining is here to get more individuals into the mining game. Okay, now I'm whispering. Now I'm like intently talking to you seriously. Okay, we need to distribute individual hash rate ownership. Compass is here to help you do that. You go to CompassMining.io. You can buy an ASIC, have it delivered to your home. They have an at-home mining support team that's going to tell you what you need to do from an electrical engineering perspective to have your electrical setup so that you can actually plug the thing in from an internet setup so that when you do plug it in you can connect to the internet and communicate with your miner and they're going to teach you how to connect to a mining pool so that you can send your hashes to a pool and get rewarded for it it's a beautiful thing also if you want to go to compassmining.io buy a miner you don't want to set it up at home they have partnerships with hosting facilities with competitive electricity rates you can buy a miner, pick a hosting facility. Go check all this out at compassmining.io. This trip is also brought to you by our good friends at Brain. Brains. Brains. Brains isn't a zombie company. They're a company to help bring you auto-tuning firmware in the form of Brains OS Plus that's going to help you stack more sats with your hash, okay? They're also the team behind Slushpool. Or also the team. I'm recording an ad here. Could you please not interrupt, sir? Sure, heads up. I, you didn't walk out. You could hear you just screaming in the middle of my ad read. The Brains team's not going to be too happy about it. But what they will be happy about is if you download the Brains OS Plus firmware and start stacking more hash and therefore more sats. Go to their website, Brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S dot com and find the page where the brains os plus firmware lives and you can see what mining models uh are available to download brains on what's miners coming soon s19s are in private betas it's coming freaks it's coming what else they're hiring they're a bitcoin only company that's hiring creme de la creme i would love to work for them if i was smart enough unfortunately i'm not i'm just a lowly podcaster i can't write and rust or do system admin stuff, or work on hardware. I'm just an idiot podcaster. Go check out everything Brains has going on at Brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S dot com. Check out their blog. Check out their profitability tools. Check out Slush Pool. I should say, if, you're download, if you have Brains downloaded on one of your ASICs and you're using it, you don't have to point your hash at Slush Pool. You can point it at any pool you want. However, if you do point it at Slush Pool, you're going to get 0% pool fees. Nice little big there. All right. Enjoy this rip. I'm sorry it's late. Forgive me, freaks. Forgive me. It's F1 week here. We had a beefsteak last night. It was something funny that happened at the beefsteak. I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk that. I don't care. I don't care. It's good times. Good meat. Good friends. Good fires. Good stogies. I had a good stogie last night. Sucked on a stogie. 
quite some time. The ribeye was good as always. Shout out to Mandrick for the baklava. Had your, had your ba baklava for the first time, Mandrick, and it was uh, it was delicious. Rich. It's a rich baklava. Very rich. We'll end it on that. Tiki. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. Yet another live episode uh, here at the Unchained Capital offices in Austin, Texas. Disclaimer, they're sponsoring the podcast. Uh, <laughs> F1 week in Austin. Uh, we're here with a guest, as we usually are in our live shows, Arbdow, who recently announced that he joined the Unchained Capital team. Well, hey, how's your week been, sir? It's been great. Does this count as doxing myself? Nobody else but the people here in front of us can see my face. So, for those of you here, hi, I'm Arb Dowd. And for those of you not, the mystery remains. Um, the first week at Unchained has been amazing. I'd like to give thanks to everyone at Unchained who's made this week so awesome for me. Some of you are in the audience right now. Hi, guys. Um, I'm jealous I won't be able to do any for F1 uh, or the, the beefsteak on Friday night. What are you moving to Austin? Real soon now, Marty. Real soon. All right, that's good to hear. You were you were not moving to Austin like to three be days announced. Ago. I, they started work on me as soon as I got here. I, they make a pretty persuasive case when you come down here. They they lure you in with, with we're a remote friendly company, and then they take you to all the barbecue joints and the taco places and let you sort it out for yourself. So you're officially a New Yorker now. We'll see. We'll see. This, <laughs> wow, we're like 30 seconds into this, and you've got me moving to Texas. I'm impressed. Well, Cole put the pressure on. He said. Hard sell immediately. Nice, nicely done. All right, now we uh, we move on to our next recruit, Matt Odell. When are you getting down here? First of all, cheers to Unchained Capital for hosting us. Cheers to all you guys for coming out. Cheers to Austin. It's a great city. I do love it. Um, just uh, one note about our hosts: uh, they've only provided us a single mic, so we will be passing this around. Um, you know, New York bit devs had many mics. I think, <laughs> I think all the guests even had a mic. New York fucking sucks. <laughs> no money for chairs, no money for mics. It's all rented, all right? We spend it all in Bitcoins, sorry. What do you think of Austin so far? Austin's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's been a good week. It's a, it's a good city. The energy here is palpable. I've been here for, it's the 21st, 17 days, and uh, feel like I've been on the go the whole time. The Bitcoin shelling point seems to have shifted south uh, pretty aggressively. And uh, I'm just happy to be here. Anybody who's a native of Texas and Austin, thank you for welcoming me. Uh, the Southern hospitality is real. That's, uh, that's one thing my wife has been astonished that people are so nice here, being from the Northeast our whole lives. It's like, what the hell? People are saying hi to you in the morning as you walk out. Yeah, it's just arming, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Like, what, the, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? Um, as we do always, we have some lists here. 
excuse me, we've got some topics on a list here that Matt put together. We're going to talk about big week in Bitcoin, new all-time high. Matt's been staying humble. We've got to give it to him. Let's give it to Matt O'Dell for staying humble. Cheers. <laughs> we're actually... Are we, should we start with... Uh, i got Clark's dashboard up. He's got Clark's dashboard up. Okay, yeah. let's fucking go. Yeah, so we got Clark's dashboard up, but we're not at all-time all highs anymore. We're at $62,860. One cuck buck is going to get you 1,591 sets. Uh, we're now 6.1% uh, away from the all-time high, which according to Clark's dashboard was hit this week yesterday at $66,950. Not quite 67000 According to Clark, we're at block height 706,058. Getting closer and closer to 90% of all Bitcoin having been mined. We had a difficulty adjustment earlier this week. Uh, and while I find it, I want to mention something. A lot of people uh, messaged me when we were like 29 blocks away from the difficulty target. Like, oh my gosh, look, we have a 25% downward adjustment. I think we need to describe um, just how skewed the data, the data is very close <laughs> to. Uh, a this is going to be a very special rabbit hole recap because the recording is going to be absolutely horrible. So you guys are going to experience it. No, I think I got the levels good for the recording. The yeah, recording famous last again. words. Yeah. Uh, we are currently 1,558 blocks away from the next retarget, which is estimated to be 3.5% up. That's because blocks are coming in at 9 minutes and 40 seconds on average. What else we got here? There are 9,039 transactions in Clark's dashboard. Uh, one sat per byte. Fees are going through. I can confirm. I sent one today. <laughs> and then uh, Samurai Whirlpool capacity is 4,426.3 Bitcoin or 278.7 million. I think that's an all time high. Yeah, number yeah, go up. All time high. Woo! All time high. Price, block height, and Samurai Whirlpool uh, unspent capacity. Uh, Big week. I want to start it off with a topic that you not put up, you did not put on the list, Matt. But I put Worldcoin on the list. Uh, all right, we'll talk about Worldcoin eventually, but let's start with some bullish news. The uh, Houston Firefighters Pension Fund allocated to Bitcoin. That was announced this morning. They invested twenty-five million dollars. Uh, they did. They did buy Ether too. I should mention that. Uh, but that's uh, that's what I wrote about the bet today. Uh, I think it's going to be a growing trend here. Pension funds in the United States are notoriously underfunded and don't really have plans to actually be able to provide their pensioners with. Uh, Do we have any details on that? Uh, just 25 million. Do they split it down the middle? No allocation details. Have How are they holding it? How do they buy it? No allocation details. There we go. So what do you think? I think this is a pretty significant moment. I think uh, pension funds adopting Bitcoin is number one necessary. Number two sends a strong signal to markets that uh, Bitcoin is an asset worth holding. And not only worth holding, but probably completely necessary to hold if you uh, plan to preserve people's Personal power. I think if, if pensions are going to start buying Bitcoin, they should use collaborative custody. Thanks for the shout out. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I do as well. 
I do as well. But they're not. It's probably in like Anchorage or some shit. Coinbase custody. Nigel. Is it? You heard it here first, freaks. Nigel. Uh, disclaimer, Nigel is a sponsor of Jay Capital. Yeah, that was actually an interesting thing. Like, I talked to the IMAX Mercado guys. It's going to be interesting to see how the custody stuff evolves. Because they're, the way they do it down there, they essentially are forcing enterprise clients to do the collaborative custody like model. Like they're not going to do full on custody. Because they don't want the liability? That, I guess so, yeah. But that, and I think they're ideologically pure, and they're just like, all right, if you're going to do it, we're going to make you do it right. So that's a trend that I hope picks up. I'd be very much interested to see what you think about this art now. It's going to be a growing trend, collaborative custody. Yes, absolutely. First off, because of obviously what you mentioned, liability concerns. Secondly, it's a problem that every Bitcoin holder ends up having as you know number goes up. You need to bring a security posture that's uh, commensurate with the amount of Bitcoin you're holding. So if you're holding Bitcoin that you bought at $500, maybe it makes sense to you know write down your C phrase, keep it somewhere safe, tucked underneath your mattress. At 5,000 a coin, that was a couple years ago now, Jeez, time flies. Maybe now you're investing in a C plate. At 50,000 a coin, try to think of the resources that you'd have to bear to actually protect that amount of money. Imagine if it were you know, the equivalent in gold or cash. What would give you that peace of mind to keep that amount of funds in your home, in your place of business, at your family office, at your hedge fund? Is there a number? You know, At a certain point, you have to look into other options. Unfortunately, with hard assets like gold or cash or currency, there's no real option. You just have to keep stepping up to another version of a safety deposit box, a fancier vault, you know, a bigger, fancier vault. The great thing about multi-sig is you have this primitive that allows you to distribute trust between parties where no one is at fault. No one has the ability to deprive anyone else of funds. So the great thing about collaborative custody is it allows you this capability that you never had before. You would never be able to do this with a tangible real-world asset. Yeah. And then, right. Yeah, like asset. you mentioned, not only that, like, we just had so much instances throughout history where governments you know, take advantage of these third-party custodians and essentially force them to fork over your wealth on behalf of the state. I mean, this wasn't on the list either, Matt, but the Turkish lira, the Turkish Central Bank yesterday, like, what did they do? They lowered interest rates in the face of inflation, just completely <laughs> demolished the, the lira overnight. Um, that was, what, two days ago? Yesterday, I think? Yeah. So I've been, been too busy enjoying Austin to build a good list this Yeah. Week. Well, that, that's a good segue into uh, potentially the next topic, which is WorldCoin, uh, which I did, uh, obviously, Apparently, there was an announcement made earlier today. Yeah, we have a Retina Vault, so we can scan all the guys today and get your free world coin. So you can get your free world coin. It's going to be the new global reserve currency. All you have to do is walk up to this thing called an orb, get your Retina scan, and then you get a, I guess you get a, a private key associated with your Retina in a database, and they, they give you world coin. Uh, kind of your fifth element fans. I believe the orb was like the evil empire. Think about how terrifying that is. That step one for this plan for a new uh, currency, a new monetary medium is, let's collect every single person in the world's retina and store it in the largest biometric database slash honeypot that you could possibly conceive of. What's step two? 
Where do you go from there? Who on earth would trust these people with, that if your first impulse is to bootstrap a currency this way? Do you want your uh, eyeball stored in the orb? No, no. And your friends and family? Well, I mean, I think that, I mean, obviously, I, I would hope that most people in this room think that a uh, retina scan to receive your pre-mined uh, shitcoin is a bad idea. Um, but I, I think, you know, one of the reasons why I, I thought it was an important topic for us to discuss today is because this is literally the, the problem that distributed proof of work solves, where you want to be able to distribute a new currency and you want to do it in a trustless way without a trusted third party, but in a fair way where people can abuse the system and civil attack it and, and get more, you know, get as much of the coin as possible. And with the shit coiners, they think proof of work is an issue. They think it needs to be solved, so they come up with these, you know, insane ideas like scanning the world's eyes to, to prove that it's one person, one airdrop. But proof of work does this in a way, way more beautiful way. I mean, the marketing around it, yeah, dude, is, is pretty welcoming. They had a dude with a man gun and a mask on and the orb in the middle of Times Square, and like, you can scan your rent and you'll get world coin. The marketing around it is just like, come, come to the orb, show us your eye. And then you have all the VCs popping up too. Example. It was the whole, it's the whole, it's the whole cast of characters. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like A16Z, Coinbase is in there, Three Arrows, Multicoin. They're all collecting their 10% pre-mine and then another 10% of the pre-mine goes to the orb, the orb uh, entrepreneurs that are out there just orb scanning people. <laughs> and remember, remember, this is the name of doing a fair distribution, right. the proof yeah. of work. It is a fair, I heard Melton say it's a fair issue. They didn't even come up with their own shitcoin chain. They launched it on top of another pre-mined shitcoin instead of, it's an ERC-20. Oh, it is? Yeah, of course it It couldn't is. even go full shitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> so we can, we can find solace in the fact that it will never be successful because depending on a blockchain, that will never be successful. There you go. Or, yeah, or you could, I mean, is it successful in scamming? What? Is it successful in scamming? Like, does it have success, I guess? What, Ethereum? Yeah. It's been a very successful game. Yeah. Maybe we can't say that. Do we even live in a free world, Marty? <laughs> <laughs> Down here in Texas, we do, baby. Uh, no, I mean, it's, I think it was extremely tone deaf, too, to uh, launch this the week that uh, it became apparent that the Argentinian government got hacked in every single citizen's date of birth, social security, and all the information on all their citizens is on the internet. Another, again, case point that proves that you cannot trust trusted third parties. They fucked up so bad, even the president's KYC info got asked. They didn't even protect that part. Uh, when, will, yeah, when will people learn? I mean, this one thing that we press pretty hard here is that KYC AML is more dangerous than it is actually helpful in catching criminals. Now these criminals potentially have all the the data they could ever want to go scam Argentinian citizens, and there's no recourse. They're probably just going to create more stringent uh, regulations around KYC AML uh, after this. Even the honeypot grows bigger. I, I mean, I might write some CoinDesk, and you shouldn't read it at all. But they just uh, they just did a report that confirmed a lot of what I've been talking about. 
which is that uh, you can just go on tour, you can just go on to the dark net markets and you can just buy already signed up KYC accounts for like $200 a Bitcoin. So the criminals get by completely fine. And it's law body citizens that get fucked. Yeah. And the president of Argentina. Argentina. Yeah, we need to uh, label every Bitcoin uh, wallet address and associate with the human being because everybody who's using Bitcoin is doing illicit things. You're all, you're all criminals here. All can, I, um, can I pivot us to like, a little more cheery of the subject? Yes, please. So by a show of hands, what, to, what's the date? 21st. The 21st? Yes, sir. Show of hands, who thinks we'll be past 70K by the end of the month? Who thinks we'll be past 100K by the end of the year? Okay. For, for those of you who weren't able to see the hands, there's a lot of hands. <laughs> Everyone rose their hand, basically. Yeah. I'm not making any calls. I'm just going to sit here and stay humble and not, not say anything. But our doubts are bare. The last time we did this, <laughs> after three glasses of scotch, I don't know how many of those cookies. It was more than three glasses. You forced me into making a price prediction like the day before the bull run kicked off, and now You're it's like shrine. Like it's an, it's for the week before Christmas. Nothing's gonna happen. Now we're on the run to 100k. I'm not doing. I'm not doing this at this time. I didn't raise my hand. I didn't sit on my hands. I have no comment on the price whatsoever. You're not getting me twice. Okay. Oh, you're a bear. <laughs> no, you're a bear. Another thing that happened this week. There's been much anticipation around it. We've been telling people, it's like, eh, uh, official Bitcoin ETF was approved. Is it proto shares? It's a shit coin. It is a shit coin. I mean, it's a shit coin of like the Bitcoin ETFs too. So it's a futures based ETF. Um, and the way I understand it, the way like a futures ETF would work, I mean, these futures contracts have expiry dates. So you have to essentially like, roll over all these contracts over and over again. That, comes with fees and, and cost within that ETF. So even though it is an official Bitcoin ETF, you're actually getting raped by like fees and, and rollover costs. So And it's based on cash settled futures. Yes. To begin with. So there's no underlying exposure. And you don't have custody. There's a second one coming out tomorrow as well. Is that physical? No, it's going to be all futures ETFs for the, for the foreseeable future, I think. I don't think they're going to approve a spot one anytime soon. Um, I'd like to be wrong about that. That'd be fun. That would also be a shit win. And, but I'd also like to be wrong about that because, I mean, if we're going to have ETFs, I'd prefer if they were dominated by the spot ETFs. Um, when, one thing we were talking about in the lead up to the ETF hype was that uh, GBTC's discount would get significantly worse as ETFs actually got approved. And Barry's in like complete damn, oh, he's also an investor in WorldCoin, Digital Currency Group. Shocker. Which parent company of Coindesk, which by, don't read them. Um, I, I linked to Coindesk in this like today, I'm sorry. There you go, well, anyway. Um, I think they hit an all time low, all-time high discount. It was like negative 22% off of spot price on GBTC. Uh, so that should be interesting to watch because he's pretending that he's going to get ETF status to try and bump that discount up. I assume he's going to get it. He got the ticker. When I, he just puts the, the ticker he wants on the 
on the application. It doesn't mean he's gonna actually get approval. No, I think you have to approve the ticker before you get um, really launch it. By a show of hands, who thinks Barry Silbert is gonna have an ETF conversion of GBTC with the ticker BTC by the end of the year? By the end of the year? No. By the end of next year. Okay, there's like eight hands in Marty's. We'll revisit that. Hey, hey, we're loving Barry gets shit done in that world, dude. I think he, uh, I wouldn't be we'll surprised see. if it happens. But let's talk about the ticker. What are your thoughts? We were talking about this yesterday. You're like, ah, uh, go fuck himself. <laughs> That's such a bad ticker. But the Black Rocks of the world could have taken it. He had to take it. To it could have been a shit coiner taking the ticker. Yeah. I mean, they have shit coin funds too. Well, it kind of is a shit corner taking the ticker. Why, uh, why shouldn't somebody invest in the Bitcoin ETF? That was like one question that I got after I read the newsletter, like, don't buy the ETF, buy Bitcoin. It's like, what about my 401k? I have a question for you, Marty. Actually, I'm more curious on Arbdat's opinion on this. Um, gun to your head, you're not allowed to own Bitcoin. Would you hold wrapped Bitcoin on Ethereum or would you hold the Bitcoin ETF? Is suicide an option? <laughs> yeah, you can, you can commit suicide if you want. Ritual Sethu. I would disembowel him then. I would hope one of you would come up with a headshot. <laughs> I just, I think it's interesting that, you know, I would never hold, willingly, I would never hold wrapped Bitcoin on ETH. Yeah, what's... But we all agree that's like a shit coin that we would never hold. But I would rather hold that than the ETF. At least you don't have KYC, you can transfer it at will, you can interact, you know, you can, you can swap it into real Bitcoin. Yeah, maybe after like the gun to your head decision is made years later, like you can actually try to convert that into Bitcoin and hate or love it. You wouldn't be able to do that with rapid Bitcoin with ETF. And that's my main point. Like you can get Bitcoin price exposure via the ETF, but it's dollars inflating. Uh, in the, the currency in which you cash out that ETF at some point, like you're not going to be able to spend your ETF. You can hypothetically spend your wrapped Bitcoin and turn it back into Bitcoin. That's my biggest worry is that people are like, oh, I've got Bitcoin exposure via this ETF, and then a dollar hyperinflates. They go to cash out and they have like a bunch of cut bucks and they're trying to get it back into Bitcoin. And Prices just running away. And they could, I mean, they could freeze the ATF if they wanted to. I mean, you could freeze wrap Bitcoin too. Well, I guess that's a question. Like, do you think there's going to be an evolution in these markets where they start allowing like, the ETF to be paid out in Bitcoin? Like, in the underlying asset that is, that's holding. Like, is, is, do things get that bad where they start allowing that? Like, that's what I'm looking for. Wait, do you think if it gets bad, they'll allow that? Like, they'll have, like, yeah. I mean, I could see users demanding it. I think if it gets bad, then you even have a less likelihood of getting actual Bitcoin out of it. Why is that? Because they're going to seal all the exits. Yeah. But then you have this button and a bunch of Bitcoin, like what do they do with it? They, they just get to hold it? I don't know. Tax the shit out of it. Well, that's like, it. the point I'm trying to make, like I'm, I'm looking at... They won't burn. Like with mining stocks particularly, are probably traded... Um, stocks, I know it's like a huge meme. I'm not saying like run out and like buy these things. But what I would like to see is then like offer dividend payouts to Bitcoin. They have all this Bitcoin on their balance sheet, like MicroShack or something like that. I think somebody in the space needs to develop the balls to like go like push for something like that, like innovate on, on 
updated infrastructure. I think, isn't that what Blockstream's doing with their security token? They have like the mining, securitized mining liquid token. Takes <laughs> 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 a big sip. Um, I think that's a shitcoin too, but. I mean, yeah. I mean if, be cool, man. He's right in front of us. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, dividends paid out on liquid. Would you rather a liquid Bitcoin or an ETF? Liquid Bitcoin. LBTC. LBTC, yeah. 100%. There you go. That's crazy to think like that these publicly traded companies could like innovate and like pay out dividends of Bitcoin. I'm just trying to protect you from the Canadian SEC. I don't know what you're allowed to say and what you're not. <laughs> Neither do I. So. Disclosure, Marty's on the board of a Canadian publicly traded Bitcoin mining company. I'm not, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sharing any uh, non-public knowledge. But I agree, I think, I, think, I think dividend distributions in Bitcoin would be fantastic and that would be a better reason to do it. I mean, I remember Havelock Investments offered that uh, oh, wow. before everyone lost all their money. Havelock Investments, it's been a long time since I've heard that name. There you go. We're gonna shout out Butterfly Labs next. <laughs> Butterfly Labs had the dividend payouts, right? Yeah. Look what happened. Yeah, exactly. Is Butterfly Labs big burn? There are like three people in the room who are getting these references that yeah. we're making right now. We've got to get some background. Uh, these were old. Well, before we had the idea of like shit coins and tokens, they had to scam us in different ways. So there were mining companies that you would get suckers like us to invest in. Uh, Butterfly Labs and Havelock Investments were two of them. The idea of like, I guess what we call cloud mining and well, no, well, Havelock Investments was like a site where you can invest in Bitcoin companies with Bitcoin, and then Butterfly Labs was like a tradable stock, if you will, right. on there, and then I just everyone lost all their money. Right. Right? That's like... Yeah. yeah. Am I... Was there Neo and the B? I feel like there's a third scam that was right around that time. That well, Neo and B also traded on Havelock Investments. And they also, I think, pay dividends in Bitcoin. And if you invested in that, you also lost all your money. Yeah. But the idea was they were like yeah, ASIC yeah. mining companies. Like the, you were, the scheme behind them was that you would be investing in a company that was building some form of like either ASIC miners or hosted hash. Yeah, but Neo and B was, they were going to be the Bitcoin bank. Yeah. The future in Cyprus. Yeah. Oh, God. How is Cyprus not a red flag? How did we not see that? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't uh, Mercia Papasky involved with stuff like this too? Was no, Mercia had MPEX, or yeah, MPEX. he had the other one which competed with Havelock. Yeah. And if you invested there, you also lost all your money. <laughs> Sorry for your there loss. Was a lot of, there, there was a lot of uh, pitfalls in early Bitcoin days. Yeah, that was reminiscing about early Bitcoin days and failed uh, dividend structures. Last topic before we get to questions and open it up to the floor. Uh, Long-time Bitcoin core contributor Jonas Schnelli announced today that he's going to take a step back from contributing to the project. Uh, uh, not like her in any way. She made like a funny reference to that. It's, that was a funny reference. It seems like he may just be a bit burnout um, and wants to go explore other things. Uh, so let's give a round of applause to Jonas for all his incredible contributions to Bitcoin. Uh, with that being said, I guess uh, as a developer. Anybody here contributes to core? Like, is the concept of like developer burnout, uh, particularly 
particularly on like an open source project like Bitcoin, something that Bitcoiners should be aware of, focused on trying to mitigate? Absolutely. Uh, if you ever see a Bitcoin Core developer, give them as much love as possible. It is an incredibly thankless job. There's an impulse, and this is just among developers generally. You want to work on something new and exciting and shiny and make your mark on the world. Protocol development work is inherently unglamorous. It's the difference between, say, erecting a new building versus working on the plumbing and the electricity and the lighting, you know? It's the stuff that everyone depends on and everyone needs and everyone requires to get through their day to day. But the development cycle itself takes ages. If you look at a PR in the Bitcoin Core repository, typical uh, pull requests in software lifecycle when you're working at, say, a startup, take maybe two weeks to go from submission to merge to live production. There are multiple uh, pull requests that have been going on for years in Bitcoin Core. People are diligently working through, discussing them, rebasing, trying to decide whether it makes sense to merge now or hold off for another PR that's going to emerge in a year's time. It's incredibly taxing as a developer. Um, but the payoff is you get to work on this once in a generation, once in a lifetime, once in a millennia project. I mean, cheers to Jonas. Like, uh, he is truly appreciated. Um, he's done a lot for Bitcoin. He's put in a lot of time for Bitcoin. Uh, one of the things he did mention in his thread was that he, it, it almost seemed like he insinuated that he wished he had done it under NIM and that he had done it anonymous yeah, and there was a lot of pressure. Yeah. So like, I would like to see, um, I would like to see more contributors as NIMs, right? More contributors that are... Well, I think you need to add more context to this. He wants to see it because he thinks that there's going to be a lot of legal pressure on public developers. Exactly. I mean, they're, they're, you can see it. The writing is kind of on the wall there. Um, and I would like to see, you know, these different organizations that are providing grants to developers and whatnot um, going out of their way to provide them to NIMs in a, in a more privacy-conscious way. Because, uh, you know, a lot of these foundations um, they, they basically have to dox you to give you their, the money. Did um, Square Crypto figure out how to use email? Yeah, but if it's a 501c3, they, they need to dox you. Okay. So but Square Crypto is not a 501c3. Okay. Square Crypto is just Square giving money to developers. Okay. So they didn't dox him, he's the anomaly. Is he the only one? That I can probably talk about, yes. Okay, all right. It's <laughs> good to know. All right. Um, yeah, no, it's an interesting problem to try to solve. And I think like existing devs can even, like existing contributors can just, you know, maybe Jonas is gonna come back as an M. Yeah. I'm not trying to blow up the spot, but like if you're a developer and you're worried about that pressure, step away from the project officially. You can even tell a few people like, I'm coming back as an M. So you can build that that web of trust way quicker than, you know, starting from scratch. And then you're more resilient, yeah. more prepared. This was a conversation I was having earlier today, too. Like, I agree with that. I do think there should be more names. Like, uh, it's like, anger and more to come out. Like, we shouldn't feel like we have to hide to talk and build on this stuff, right? Like, it should be a natural, right? We should be able to access Bitcoin. We should be able to build on it. We should be able to you shouldn't be afraid to be working and talking about this shit. Like, 
what is the state of the world? Are we free? <laughs> that we have to fuck all thinking that. Hide in the deep corners of the internet, uh, mask our identities. Like, why can't we just be proud about this shit? I mean, I am, but why? It pisses me off that people have to hide. I'm like curious on our dad's opinion here, because I mean, you've been in this way longer than us. You're like the OG of OGs. You know, not in Bitcoin land, but like in yeah, the internet. It, it feels weird espousing the virtues of being a nim when I have 75 people staring at my real world face, but <laughs> hi everyone. Um, I think pseudonymity is, especially for Cyclone Software, Tor, Bitcoin, the stuff that you're building specifically to resist, let's call what it is, resist the state. Uh, I think the more privacy that you have, and the more control you have of your identity, the better. I don't think anyone could have anticipated back in the beginning. Jonas got into it full-time 2015, part-time 2013. Who would have imagined we would be here today? I think you and I were talking about this back in like 2017, the possibility of like what would happen if number went up significantly. How would that affect our upside posture? And look at us, we're both here now. Um, yeah, we kind of fucked it up. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> Um, if I could do it all over again, I would maybe, I would find a way for us to hide our faces, probably. Well, yeah, I mean, we I, should be I, wearing I, masks I, right now. Uh, but, yeah. uh, but the next step is... I mean, we wouldn't have met each other. I wouldn't have met, there's so many people in this room that I consider brothers. Exactly! That we never would have met. Yeah. yeah. So that part's good. Um, we might go to jail together, though. <laughs> Sweet. I'm looking forward to it. Which we shouldn't because we're law-abiding citizens. Peaceful, too. Very peaceful, Marty. Yes. <laughs> Is that where we're going with? Are we, have we ditched boating accident? Are we on to a new meme? Oh, I lost all my Bitcoin on Havelock Investments. That's what I was <laughs> All right, I lost mine on MPX then. Is that going to be my excuse? Great. Um, so should we done. move? Should we move to Q and A, or what do you want to do? Do we um, have any more topics? I did, did forget a shout out last week, and I memorized it very short. Um, R.I.P. J. Stark. That was a shout out. Uh, oh wow! Pissed at us last week. We obviously talked about it on the show, but uh, I do want to get the freak who paid for the shout out. Want to say the shout out? For any of you who paid and are listening at home for shout outs this week. We'll get to them next week. Uh, Very professional. Yes. That's weird reading shout outs in the middle of the lab. Yeah, I guess we could open this q and Yeah, that last topic really bugged me. I mean, obviously, Satoshi was, was a nim. A lot of the stuff we've built in Bitcoin is a nim. Jay Stark is a nim. Um, it sucks that we have to hide. Uh, I guess the point I'm trying to make is like, that's how fucked up the world is that we have to hide the build free of with that being said, let's open it up to Q&A. Does anybody have questions? Oh, no, no. That's the first time that's ever happened. Topics that we missed. I have a question. Do you think Tor is resilient enough for us to rely on? Wow. My answer to that has changed over the years. Uh, for a combination of two reasons. As the internet has grown in capacity, the ability for an overlay network to handle the overflow traffic is a bit difficult. And also, nation state actors have started taking TOR more and more seriously. 
I think you need to narrow down that question. What do you, what's your threat model? I mean, you can't, we can't really use lightning unless we rely on Tor. Well, well I would add that. Can we create better incentive mechanisms within Tor, particularly uh, using lightning to make it more robust? I'll agree with that. I'll add that recently... Please, what are you agreeing with? Hang, hang on a second, let me jump in. Okay. I think we need to make... Uh, I think we need to realize that Tor can't be the be-all, end-all. We've already added I2P support uh, in Tor, and a pluggable transport uh, module is being worked on. If we really want true resiliency, we're going to need more than one overlay network. Uh, there's work being done on mesh nets. There's work being done on um, what's the that dongle that's proprietary that I hate that's proprietary. Gortana. Yeah, there you go. Uh, there's even a ham radio uh, hack that was being worked on back in the day for being able to transmit transactions right. back and forth. And became lane where Yeah, yeah. We're going to need all of those, every last thing. Because if we just flood onto a new network, we're going to find nation state actors trying to attack that network. So the answer is we can't rely on Tor. We can't rely on any one thing. We can only rely on each other, man. Well, <laughs> I want to uh, make a case for mesh networks specifically that lightning needs to leverage. Uh, Laser Hoddle tweeted something out, so I, I think we're going to talk about it next time we talk, but he'll go into more depth, but like, imagine, I think, if they, I think it would be far beyond Bitcoin, but like, imagine the powers that would be like, shut down the internet. Um, obviously, we would be the Bitcoin propagate the hashes to add blocks to the network, but imagine if we were quick enough to build a mesh network which uh, Bitcoin users could, could use a lightning network over, right? Like, you could have weeds without the internet, and you could use the Lightning Network or a Mesh Network and never have to uh, append to the main chain. And you can still transact during that time that the internet is down. Um, and then figure things out when it gets turned back on. <laughs> Would that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. This might be a bit of a tangent. Um, one I like of your tangents, so. Oh yeah. boy, I don't know if these guys are. Um, one thing that I don't think is mentioned a lot when we discuss Lightning is there is one global Lightning peer-to-peer -peer network, but that doesn't necessarily have to be the topology of the Lightning network. There can be multiple individual discrete Lightning networks. Like the three of us could have a set of GoTo's and have channels between us and settle onto the main chain without anyone here in the room dealing with those Lightning peers or worrying about those transactions. So think about scaling that out to like a community layer, a city, a county, a state, and having multiple Lightning networks all interacting with each other, settling on the main chain, but not being aware of each other. Yeah. That is a lot more resilient than one global peer-to-peer uh, -peer network that is eventually going to attract attention. Yeah, it's a more robust topology. Yes, exactly. It's decentralized. Yeah. <laughs> we have uh, Phil has a question. What's up? What's up? Phil, I hear you. It's not up. Uh, can they hear me with that? I'll, I'm loud, whatever. So, okay, sure. Tankies. Um, somewhat relevant. I had Matt Silver, I'm going to show originally, and I think someone from Saudi, but he asked him what he was most excited about Bitcoin related protecting feature, and decided, I think someone that was Saudi, if you read about it, maybe Chani Ekash server, I don't know if you know more of that or what. 
I'm actually like barely aware of it. I know it's still in like the research level uh, uh, stage of things. I'm keeping an eye on the Chami and Ikiash stuff, but there's nothing there for me to bang on and test. So I don't want to speak to it. Who was working on it? Was it Eric Syrian? Was that correct? Someone was working on Chami and Ikiash on Lightning in like a custodial Lightning wallet. Yeah. Like that, that has like the Chami and Ikiash properties, but then you can also uh, interact with the, the open monetary network that is Lightning, which seems pretty promising. I mean, state chains, I think, seem pretty cool, have a different trade-off model. Because that, um, that, um, that Chalmian bank model, like, it's custodial, but it's actually private. It's private, but you still trust them with yeah. your funds, right? So they can steal your money, but at least... They don't know who you are. Yeah. And I think they're incentivized not to steal your funds in some way. No, I don't think so. I think they can just steal all your funds. <laughs> but I think they can make fees if they operate like a reputable custodial wallet. Exactly. So they're Like imagine like Wallet of Satoshi, who hasn't stolen user funds yet, right? And yet. but yet. private. Yet. <laughs> what? Don't. You should just assume oh, at every point they have not done it. You should yeah. just assume that every custodian is going to take your money. Language is important. Everyone's a scammer. Everyone's a scammer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks. Cheers, Phil. Thank you. Do we have any other questions? Awesome. Matt just scratched his head. That was a nice question. How's the mining going? Still hashing. Still hashing. Let's fucking go. Do you know anything about the blockware situation? I do not. I do. I heard somebody mention blockware earlier today. I didn't even know anything was going on. What's the I mean, you're the mining guy. I, the, I heard they got rug pulled. Like oh, the, the, they were like renting out power capacity from an aluminum smelter. Smelter? 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 smelter. It's not a rabbit hole recap without at least one mispronunciation. Um, and, and now all those miners are offline. So like a bunch of people have miners hosted with them that are... Yeah, I mean, oh, we were talking about this last night, weren't we? Or, I think we were, right? Yeah. Marty popped bottles of champagne last night, yeah, which yeah. is why we dumped. <laughs> that didn't work, so that's why I bought a bunch of shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, this is why I remember this. This is why I've been chilling off grid mining, and if you're not off grid, you gotta own as much of the stack as you can. Like, you're, that's a trusted third party, the aluminum smelter. stocks or shitcoins.
you have something to add here? No, he just handed me the mic for a reason. Um, I mean, we have no questions here. I'm pretty excited for my first Austin Bit Devs. Uh, should we wrap this up? Uh, I just wanted to uh, thank Unchained Capital for hosting us. And um, I want to thank all you guys for coming. I'm excited for bit devs. What, uh, I haven't been to a bit dev since April. Uh, the last really? time I was yeah. Austin bit devs is a religious experience. You're going to have a great time. <laughs> you're going to have a great time and you're going to sweat. You know that. Uh, I'm sweating so hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Does New York bit devs start back up? Uh, eh. Let's not talk about New York here. Okay. Yeah. Had three. You had three. What's uh? Are they back at NYU or? No, we're like going all over the place. Yeah. It's underground. Mm -hmm. uh, it's no longer underground. Oh. Underground. Okay, so I'm allowed to talk about it. By that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just trying to keep it on the down low. Sorry, Ty. Yeah, no, I mean, the New York bit has popped around. Like, first it was at Unisquare Ventures, then it was at like, some other startup. Uh, uh, it was at Chainco for a bit, then it was at NYU for like last year. And things got weird. Um, there's something special about bit It's so crowded method um, of, of talking about these things. I mean, we just talked about some of the things going on in Bitcoin, but uh, the, the topic. I look forward to not understanding the majority of it. Yeah, that's the best thing. I mean, everybody knows your first bit devs. I guess somebody who went to his first bit devs in like January 2015 in New York. I remember, you know, like, what the fuck are these people talking about? You just get it through osmosis. Yeah, just keep going and keep going. Like, if you, this is your first time here and you're about to experience like going through pull requests and potential bugs and CDEs and things going on. In other places, uh, in the Bitcoin stack, and you're just like, what is going on? Keep coming, keep absorbing. Eventually, you'll be able to put some of it together. Um, yeah, you listen to super complicated, interesting shit, and then you get absolutely trashed with your friends afterwards. Yeah, it's, it's kind of what's fun. not to love? Yeah. Um, all right, I guess we can wrap up there. Unless anybody has one, any question you want to ask? It's a questionless crowd. I got one. Over under uh, December 2022, Matt moves to Texas. <laughs> You should uh, set up a DLC, Marty. That's, mm. I can't set it up with you, though. I can't set it up with you. That's the one thing. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know if I would set up. If I do move here, I'd, it'd be January 1st. <laughs> <laughs>